Welcome everybody to Conversations with One Million Meditators. I'm so excited today to be joined by Emily Harrison. Welcome girl, it's an Thank honor you. to have you. Such an honor. I'm excited to be here too. This, first of all, that countdown was phenomenal because I got to make sure I shared out with all of my audience. I'm super excited for them to come into this space and to mingle with this beautiful group that you've already created here and get the power of meditation out there because it makes us magical. Oh, it does. It does. I know this is going to be such a juicy conversation. I've been so looking forward to it. Um, but I'm just going to introduce Emily yeah. to everybody here just for a moment. After becoming a certified Akashic Records practitioner in 2015, Emily's life shifted dramatically, leaving behind a career in Hollywood. Emily created a healing business that includes teaching, speaking, contributing to the Huffington Post, and mentoring others to manage their personal energy and advance their intuition to heal their bodies and minds and unlock access to infinite intelligence. Emily is the founder and director of the Akashic Academy, a modern day mystery school dedicated to sharing knowledge that is changing the planet. Mm. See, that just sounds so juicy right there. Woo, I'm, feel, I'm feeling the energy of my own mission ringing through my body as you're witnessing and reading it back to me, Tara. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so of course, I, I really want to ask you a little bit about meditation and how it came into your life because, I mean, oh my gosh, leading into the Akashic Records, I'm, I'm sure there's some big pieces there. <laughs> yeah, well, meditation is <clears throat> what really unlocked the whole mission for me. And it started when I was in Hollywood. So I grew up in a really small town in Missouri. I am like that quintessential story of the Midwest girl who quits life, quits college, hightails it to Hollywood to seek fame and fortune. And what I found was when I was in Hollywood and I was in the audition rooms, auditioning for movies and TV shows, I was really, really great in my mind before I went into the casting office, but then I would get in the casting office and my nerves would come up. And what I, you know, I was like every other human, I was worried about what people thought of me, what the casting directors thought of me, if they liked me, like all of this, insecurity was just super alive in my field and I needed to learn how to manage that. So for me, meditation and doing practices like yoga and Qigong, things that help to cultivate the subtle energy body and help us to work with the subtle energy body was key for me. And I found that not only could I learn to manage my own internal energy more, release some of those blocks that kept me from my greatness, but I was also able to work in future timelines, visualize outcomes, see myself in the role. And I feel like there was um, some quantum energy that I would pass along to the casting directors and the producers where they would start seeing me in the role as well. So it worked, right? This, this idea of learning to meditate every day, to manage myself, to see the highest possible outcome began to work. And so I was hooked on it. I didn't let a day go by without 20 minutes of meditation in the morning and 20 minutes of meditation in the evening. And I'll share with you the specific meditation that I did that unlocked everything for me. It was a meditation from Wayne Dyer, Dr. Dyer, love him. Actually, I just like felt him drop in with us here as I mentioned him, which is so cool. So Wayne taught a meditation that uh, talked about using sound frequency, the frequency of ah, which is the sound of creation. And you'll find that um, that syllable, that ah sound within every single name of God, Allah, Buddha. We see that sound, that vibrational frequency that puts us in the direct frequency of the creator or our creatorship because we are made in the likeness and image of the ultimate creator. Then in the evening, I would practice the ohm and ohm is the primordial sound of creation and with the ohm i would practice gratitude so in the morning i would ah and i would pull this energy through my chakras through the crystalline tube of light that runs up and down the spine and project out my third eye what it was that i wanted to experience and then in the evenings with the ohm meditation of Om, and I did them both for just 20 minutes. The evening meditation, I was focused on gratitude, which I think is a huge piece to the puzzle 
when it comes to uh, using meditation to create what it is that we want to experience. Like we, we create it, we send it out there, but then we receive it too. That the gratitude is really about the receiving. And I started knocking down auditions one after the other. I'm like, oh, I can never stop doing this. And for those of you who have committed to a meditation practice, you know what happens when we make the commitment to go inward and to cultivate our own in internal chi energy, our life force energy. What happens is we begin to raise our frequency and you'll find that you will express in a higher octave. And that's exactly what happened to me, which transitioned me from Hollywood into what I'm doing now is my skills. My multidimensional skills began to turn on my desire to heal myself, my desire to help others heal. And I remember I was uh, sitting in just sitting outside one day. I knew I knew some of the neighbors in the neighborhood from just like being out, walking by, saying hey to them. And there was one of those hey kind of neighbors that I hadn't seen in about six months. And I see him limping down the street. And so I said, Daniel, what happened to you? And he said, oh, I shattered my ankle. It's not healing well. So I said, well, do you want to come over for some energy healing? I'll do an energy healing meditation for you. And as soon as I said it, I was just like, did I say that? Hang on. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a healer. I'm an actress kind of wanting to like, you know, take a couple steps back, like reel that back in. But he said yes, before I could reel it back in. So we came over, I set him up on my porch and started waving my tuning fork around. I was just following the energies. I didn't have a specific protocol or a way that I was intending to heal him. I just wanted to show up and create an energy frequency that would support him. And what happened while I was waving the tuning fork and I had big headphones on him. So he was listening to some solfagio scale. It might've been 528 Hertz. So he couldn't really see me or what I was doing. But his father, who had passed, came into my awareness. And I had been self-studied in the work long enough to realize, oh, this is his father who has passed. I guess I'm supposed to talk to him. So I began having a conversation with uh, Daniel's father. And then after the session, Spirit and Daniel's father kept coming into my awareness saying, let Daniel know we came in. Or I came in. The father came in, right? Um, and so I was like, really? All right. So I call Daniel back up. I'm like, this is not my field of expertise, but I do feel like your father was present and he has some messages, some information for you. Are you open to hearing them? And of course he said yes. And so as I began to share the messages that came through Tara and everyone out there, it blew me away because every single message could be 100% confirmed. Even if it didn't make sense to me in my mind, like the, the example I use is I asked his father, like, what's your name? And I got Bob, 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 like a short name, Bob, but not Bob. It was a J name. And so I asked him, what was your dad's name? And he said, Alan. I'm like, well, I got that one wrong. I was hearing Bob, 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 but not Bob, but like a J name. And that's when his, his face just went white. He said, my dad's name was Alan J. J-A-Y, and he went by J. So see, it doesn't always drop in super succinctly. We have to decode a little bit. But after that process of daily meditation and wanting that, like that desire being cultivated in within me to serve in my unique area of genius, my mission just began to unfold right before my eyes. And I realized, wow, I wasn't, nah, okay. I think everybody's born with these skills, but most humans who are coming in in this generation, I think our children who are coming in right now are coming in with more of these skills turned on. But the generation uh, of older people like me, I'm 44 years old, I think that we've come into the planet. We do have these skills intact, but they're not necessarily turned on. It's through meditation that we access the superconscious mind, that we access the Akash, and we're able to have that level of uh, communication with, with the God mind, with universal mind, which uplevels everything in our life. And so for me, it was just the process of committing to meditation not for the purpose of my bigger mission. I thought my bigger mission at that point in time was to be, you know, the next Angelina Jolie in Hollywood. But what I discovered is, like I said, you begin to transform and your life mission begins to express at a higher octave 
the more you meditate. That's why we see so many career changes with our light workers and with our wisdom keepers, the quantum thought leaders that are coming forward and stepping into a higher level of responsibility around their gifts here on the planet. So once that happened and I realized, holy shit, we talked, we, we said a couple of bad words before we came on. <laughs> I, feel, I feel comfortable. We're, My we're, we're good. We're good. One curse word and they're only 11 minutes in. But I was like, holy shit, this is something that every single human has the ability to do. And so I wanted to get a certification in something so that I could support other people doing this work. And for me, I knew it wasn't Reiki. I knew it wasn't yoga. Those were the only two real metaphysical modalities that I had any familiarity with outside of just meditation. And so I was flipping through a Conscious Life magazine, like a little freebie magazine I picked up when I was out at one of my auditions in the city. And I'm looking through the back of there and there is a class offered for the Akashic Records. And I was like, that's it. My mom had gifted me an Akashic Records session about 10 years prior. So I was familiar with what the records was. And the records are the realm of consciousness where all information past, present, all future possibilities has been recorded, has been programmed into this field. And by shifting our consciousness and tapping into the field and asking questions, that's another really uh, important understanding of how the records work is we ask questions and then the questions are answered to us. They just flow back into your imagination. It's actually a lot like acting. It's a lot like improv acting. If anybody is familiar um, with like, uh, well, Saturday Night Live didn't do a whole lot of improv acting. They did some. They did more like sketch comedy. But sketch comedy comes out of improv acting where you're just going with whatever comes up. So if I like fake handed Tara and Apple here on the screen, improv means she's got to be like, oh, and take the apple and run with it. Right. So it's very similar. Right. There you go. She did it. It's very similar to what happens in our imagination is we just have to take whatever's coming in the imagination. The imagination is a tool. Our imaginations have been suppressed. We've been told our imaginations are made up and this is something of child's play. But remember back in the time of Shakespeare, imagination was considered direct connection to the gods. So when you are in meditation and you want to tap into the field of the records, you just intend to do it and begin to ask questions and receive what comes in your mind and you just play with it. You continue to uh, get curious and ask questions. And by doing this and tapping into the field of the Akash, my mission began to reveal itself in a much higher octave. And I realized all the work that I had done in Hollywood to get comfortable uh, communicating and being self-expressed and the love I had for storytelling because storytelling is a a fundamental human energy that we all relate to the hero's journey and understanding how we transform and being able to marry the idea of quantum physics with storytelling and with fun and with excitement and with experience really made me say, okay, no more Hollywood. This is the bigger story. I really want to create opportunities for people to understand how powerful they are and the gateway all comes through meditation. Oh my gosh, that was incredible. Thank you so much. I apologize. I muted myself there, so I just took a moment. Um, I just want to take a moment and say hello to everybody that has joined on. I see we've got comments. Hello, Drew. For those of you watching, please say hello. Tell us where you're joining from. And of course, ask away, post your comments in, uh, in, in there's a link, there's a link. <laughs> So Emily, that was um, just, yeah, I just love everything that you shared there. And one of the ways that I've always kind of looked at the Akash and kind of been able to process it is like looking at, you know, this and going, where is all yes. of this information stored, right? It's in yes. the cloud, in the cloud. So for those, you know, trying to kind of just get a visualization of what we're talking about, I, I, kind, of, I kind of think it's a little bit like that. <laughs> 100%. And I love that you brought this idea forward so that we can begin to connect framework from this really like high level quantum energy that feels a little woo woo sometimes. But 
one of the reasons that I believe the Akashic Records and this intelligence is returning so potently to the planet right now is because we have an understanding of what this realm even is. And the internet, being able to store information and to tap into it, the fact that we do this on a day-to-day -day basis in our real lives is what's making it so much easier for us to make the leap into using our consciousness to tap into the supercomputer, the God mind. And I love that it, it's so perfect because let's talk about how, how we use the internet. We have to use a search engine like, well, I'll use Google, for example. Okay, so when you type something that you want to know and you want to learn about into Google, the more specific that you can formulate your topic or the question that you're, uh, that you're asking or the information that you want, the more specifically that Google can bring the information back to you. So if you're Googling, like, you know, I always use this one, red Corvette. I don't really know anything about cars. It's weird that I use this analogy, <laughs> but this is what I use. So you Google red Corvette, you're going to get about a million hits. But if you Google 1967 hardtop, I don't even know if that's a real thing. I guess if I Googled it, I would find out. You're going to get more specific answers. And the Akashic Records are the exact same way. If you ask very specific questions and... Here's another really important point about how the records work. The answer that you get is going to match the vibrational frequency of the question, which is why uh, learning to ask the right questions, there's some nuance there. There's some um, level of expertise that we learn to cultivate when it comes to asking the questions. Because when we ask questions truly from the state of a pure heart, what does that mean? It means that we are looking for the highest good for ourselves and everyone connected to us. We are willing to take responsibility for what we've miscreated. And we truly have the desire to course correct. If you have those three things alive in your field as you're going in asking for answers, you're going to find that the answers that come back to you are so potent. They're so intelligent. They're going to make so much sense to you rather than just asking, okay, what's my life purpose? It's okay to ask questions like that, but again, the more specific you can be, um, the better response, the better frequency match that you're gonna get coming in through the records. Furthermore, it's not just an answer that you're getting, you're getting a vibrational template. The answer that comes in holds a, a frequency encoding that allows you to step into the timeline where that answer is fully realized for you. Is that, is that making sense? I feel like this is like channeling coming in. I haven't actually explained or used this vocabulary specifically before. So I feel like this is a, a, either a guide or a collective energy coming through the Akash right now to speak just to this audience. So I feel like it's landing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I know like in kind of like simplistic terms, sometimes when I'll explain to people, it's it's like, you know, when you're standing somewhere like in the line of the grocery store and suddenly you're like, what is that song? You know, and, and you start thinking about it. Right. And then you kind yeah. of get frustrated and maybe you let it go. And then all of a sudden you might hop in your vehicle and you're driving and it'll turn on the radio. You know what I mean? So it's like, once you ask the question, we're constantly seeking the answers consciously or or not conscious, you know, with our conscious mind or our subconscious mind. But yes, so yeah, keep going. It's just it's, well, it's right. blowing my mind right now because you've pulled two exact references that I use. We we're definitely cut from the same cloth. I definitely talk about the internet being the template for why the Akashic Records is coming back on the planet and why it's so alive in our field. And you talk about the songs. When I share about the Claire senses with uh, my tribe and my clients and turning on their Claire's or their intuitive senses, which happens when we meditate. So there are four main Claire's, Claire uh, audience, which is what you described, clairvoyance, clairsentience, and claircognizance. That's basically clear hearing, clear seeing, clear feeling, clear knowing. There's also Claire smelly, I call it, Claire olfactory, and Claire gustians, Claire tasty. Clear tasting, which are coming online for more and more people. And the ancient Egyptians actually had 360 intuitive senses intact. I can't even begin to fathom all the information that they could bring in with all of that intact. But specifically the clairaudience, I want to go back to that one because you talk about 
uh, thinking of a song and then that song coming on or being uh, being in the presence of where you just end up hearing that entire song being played. This is evidence. I want to invite everybody to begin to see this as evidence in your life that your senses, your clear senses are turning on. You're up leveling. What's happening is you are uh, cultivating your ability to tap into the field and to bring that timeline where that song is into your current reality. Or you could look at it as you stepping into that reality where that song is playing. This is an example of being able to bi-locate, being able to teleport ourselves into uh, higher level timelines. And a lot of times we miss the bigger picture because we think, oh, what a coincidence. I was just singing that song. No, not a coincidence. Hello, your quantum powers are turning on and you're becoming a quantum badass. So congratulations. Boom. I love it. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> Thank you, Emily. That's just, that's amazing. I love that you're sharing all this information because, you know, um, it's starting to become a little bit, I think, more aware to people that there are these tools that we can access and that we can use, you know, in, in pertaining to self-mastery as, you know, and use with our meditations and things like that. Um, so I would love to ask you, because I know that you have hosted some amazing retreats and I know you've got another one coming up this fall. I saw pictures of your one from Shasta. It was just beautiful. Um, but you know, the power of the collective and the power of collective meditation and, and tuning into, you know, frequencies that way. Can you just, I know you've got some juicy things to tell us. So just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Let me just see what's, uh, cause I got about a million things dropping and let me just see what's most alive to share. I feel like I want to share a story specifically from this last experience in Mount Shasta. And when I take visionaries into vortexes, so there are vortex points here on the planet, which actually increase our ability to tap into higher mind faster, um, just more easily. It allows us to stay in those higher frequency energies. Mount Shasta, Sedona, these are some of the places, uh, some of the hot spots here in the U.S. where we can tap into piezoelectric energy, which just allows the mind to easily tap these higher frequencies. Now, when I take my visionaries into these vortexes, it's a twofold purpose. It's not only for doing the work individually, which is, I think, where all the collective work is done anyway. It's how we do that work on our microcosm. Um, I was actually just talking on my show, Akashic Answers, with Emily yesterday. Somebody asked me about how do we fight the Kabul, 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 wait, it's, it's the Kabul, no, it's, it's the, I keep, I keep messing up the pronunciations and pronouncing the, the, um, the city, the, in, um, the Middle East, it's Kabul, which, which one is it? <laughs> Kabul and Kabul. What the hell? If anybody knows, post it in the comments. Let us know. I don't, I don't have a strong enough reference point to verify <laughs> what that what that group means. Um, but these these powers that be that are suppressing us on our planet, the Illuminati, um, the Kabul, however the hell you say that. When we find that within ourselves, when we find where the conflict and the suppression is within ourselves, and we begin to work with that energy, where am I lying to myself? Where am I holding myself back from? Uh, my highest power and stepping into my genius. When we negotiate and uh, evaporate that within ourselves, that's how we're going to bring down these civilizations and structures that are suppressing us. So it's really all about our own personal journey and stepping into our personal genius. And it's about the understanding of how that shifts the collective. So when I take my people into the vortexes, we're working to on meditation that raises our frequency, taps us into the highest timeline of our own genius, so we can begin downloading that energy, that frequency, those codes that are alive within our DNA, so that we can naturally exude that frequency of our highest mission, but we also go into specific locations and offer energy healing and medicine to the planet. And when we come together, the energy that is magnified, and this is even, this goes back to even uh, what Jesus, what Yeshua said in the Bible. When two or more are gathered in my name to pray, oh, and of course now I can't remember the rest of it. 
I'm sure he didn't say amazing shit happens, but I'll go ahead and fill that in. What <laughs> happens is the, the quantum entanglement and momentum that begins to take over and that begins to proliferate the field has so much magnitude that truly, like if we get 1 million meditators here on the planet, this, the structures that keep us suppressed will entirely collapse probably in about a moment's notice. Yeah. And it's just, you know, being able to elevate that frequency and the consciousness when, you know, it's much similar to, it's different, but it's similar to the power of prayer in when we gather and we really, you know, collect our energies with a similar intention and, um, you know, it, it just, it's, it's so powerful. And, you know, heart math has got so much stuff coming out now, um, showing, you know, the frequencies of the heart and the energies that we, you know, we put out. Um, and there's, you know, even the studies with, I think Dr. Masoto with, with his water studies and the water crystals, you know, really goes to show a lot when they've got the angry music and the harmonizing yeah. music, just the differences there. So, you know, we're yeah. seeing this come out more and more as, you know, it's being explored. Feel you. I'm such a big fan of uh, Dr. Emoto's work and what he was able to show us scientifically, like give us evidence for. It's just absolutely brilliant. Um, in fact, one of the places he used to take his scientists and his team of scientists was to Mount Shasta to Stewart Mineral Springs because there is, uh, there at Stewart Mineral Springs, there's one. Uh, one of the few places on the surface of the planet where we see the anomaly of a masculine and a feminine spring running very, very closely together. I believe we also see this in Avalon over in England, but there aren't many places on the planet where these pristine waters run so closely together. And he used to bring his team of scientists uh, to a place where I've brought my visionaries before to do this work and to study the intention that we put on water. Um, and how our collective intention can just be magnified so quickly and so dramatically. It's, it's exciting when we remember how much power we have as an individual. And then when we come together with those of like mind and like frequency and begin to play with our magic. And you talked about like succinct, be, having succinct thoughts and succinct intentions with other wisdom keepers. We know from the seven hermetic principles that every single thing that we experience here on the planet starts from the mental plane. It starts from a thought. And when we as humans, which by the way, humans are ca catching up to where we could be in terms of our level of consciousness. We're a little behind the curve in the grand scheme of where we want to be at this point in time. But humans, this construct this technology that we get to embody is truly one of the most powerful engineered genomes in the entirety of the galaxy. So when humans do step back into their full power and their full potency to be creators, not only are we going to shift this planet, but I believe we're going to see a lot more universal and galactic type of shift and in interaction uh, that we've been suppressed from, that we have been um, it's like there's been a veil between us and what is really out there and what is really possible. This veil is evaporating and evaporating quickly. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So, Emily, can you just share with everybody a little bit about your retreat coming up uh, this fall um, and where they can find out more information about it? Because it sounds so juicy and I'm sure there's a lot listening that want to find out more and more about what, what you do and, and where they can yes. find that information. Well, most people will share links or say, go here, go here. I'm just going to tell you guys, come directly to me. Send me a private message here on Facebook and let's have a real conversation about uh, if the work that I do and the traveling that I do into Vortexes is really the right next step for you. But what you can expect coming up from the Akashic Academy, our next immersion retreat is happening in Sedona in November, okay, early November. And this is going to be an Akashic Records immersion. So over the course of the four and a half days, not only will you get an opportunity to go out into the Vortexes with a native Toltec elder there who will 
absolutely blow your mind and shift any frequency, any block that is in your way from stepping into your genius, we can evaporate for you with this experience. But the teaching content will really be focused on the Akashic Records. And I teach the Akashic Records um, like in three stages, which you're going to get all three stages of the records in that event. Stage one is about learning how to tap in, knowing that you're tapped in. One of the biggest problems that I see, or I should say challenges that I see working with visionaries who are learning to tap into this field is doubt. And doubt permeates everything. It's like if doubt comes up in your field, you're going to doubt not only your, am I really getting these messages? Is this just me talking? Um, how do I know this is coming from the field? That doubt continues to permeate. Can I really step up and do this mission? Can I really affect the change that I want to change here on the planet? The doubt must be removed first. So that's where we focus on first is knowing that you know that you know that you're getting in, that you're getting the information. I teach you ways to validate the information that's coming in, to validate it within your body so that you build the confidence of being able to get down to business inside the record. So phase two of getting down to business is really about Akashic medicine. It's about clearing our karma. It's about understanding and karma is an unlearned lesson. I'm sure many of you, I still have aspects of my own karma that I cycle through. And once we learn the lesson, we get the wisdom that's there from that karma. We have the opportunity. I talked about some hermetic principles before. I talked about the first hermetic principle of mentalism. There's also a hermetic principle that talks about polarity. Okay. When we learn to look at our karma, are the, the lessons that we haven't learned, of course, to collapse the karma, we've got to see the, we've got to get the get the lesson, we've got to get the value, we've got to get the gift in the wound, right? But there's another secret to how we work with karma and how we can not only collapse karmic debt, but turn it into asset, which means we timeline jump, which means we leave behind so many aspects of our timeline that we've created that still hold this old karma. And it's about looking at the price that we've paid. Okay. Yes, we know that we have this lesson, this place that we're stuck. Oh, I saw the gift. Okay. That helped me learn to be X, Y, Z. Okay. Universe. I got it. That's not where we stop though. Then once we look at, okay, what's the price that I have paid for having this negative belief system or this false belief system. And when we list out all of those different prices that we've paid and we make a choice, we say, no, I don't, I'm, I don't choose that anymore. What happens is that karmic debt collapses and then it re-expresses over here in the highest octave of karmic asset, meaning the reverse or the opposite of all of the price that we've paid. We now have that as karmic asset, which is what allows us to timeline jump, which is, which is what allows us to move forward so quickly. So phase two is really about learning to collapse all of the karma that is still present in your field so that you can step into phase three, which is really understanding your unique genius. Every single one of us have key pieces to the puzzle. We have, um, I, I call us wisdom keepers, with encoded within your DNA. And go back and talk about Jesus a little bit more, Yeshua. Yeshua was just one avatar on our planet. We've had many great avatars who have come uh, and, and embodied in the human experience that have shown us what it looks like to have all 12 strands, possibly 13 as well. There are, depending on, um, you know, which uh, which category of knowledge you're looking at. Some people say 12, some people say 13. The point is we've got a lot more than we're working with, right? But when we begin to turn on those dormant strands of DNA through meditation, through this work, through being in the vortexes, through connecting with other like-minded beings, what happens is we begin to gain access to those codes, to the ancient knowledge that we've held for ourselves, that we've stored within our ancestral DNA for the purpose of being awakened at this time on the planet. And when you do the work at that level, you begin to recognize and own your unique genius. And we all need to be tapping into our genius. The, oh my goodness, Tara, the... <laughs> level of genius in creation of the clients that dive into work with me. Uh, I have a program called the Akashic Alchemist. It's a minimum one year training. And 
those who dive into that program with me are beings who are ready to tap into their genius. They go through this Akashic Record training process and then they continue that responsibility and commitment to create and they create experiences and programs and services and opportunities that allow people to not just know this knowledge here, but to have an actual experience and moving energy that they no longer need in their life so that they can step into this higher octave, this higher expression. This is the return of the mystery school here on the planet. And it's just so ridiculously fun to wake up and to create life by design every single day. So the Akashic Records immersion that's happening November in Sedona is the precursor to being able to understand your genius, clear your karma, clear the doubt, and have the opportunity to step into a higher timeline, a higher expression of what you're here to do on the planet. Now, this also comes with an Akashic Records certification. But I let people know that the Akashic Records is more than just becoming certified in a modality and doing readings for others. I actually don't do individual Akashic record sessions or readings for people anymore because I believe every single person has the ability to tap into the records themselves. All right. My daughter, the other day, uh, I was making veggie burgers and the buns were frozen. And so the frozen buns are sitting out on the counter and she's like, she's like ah, mom, can you help me get the bun undone, please? It's so far. I'm like, no. And she got, she's a pre-teenager. She got so pissy with me. Like, I can't believe that you could do it so easily and you won't just do it for me. I'm like, you haven't even tried to do it for yourself yet. <laughs> and, and we had a standoff. She got pissed and went to her room. But what I realized was, no, yes, I can do it for you and I can do it very easily for you. But what's more important is that you learn to become innovative. And so becoming innovative with the Akashic Records is really where my heart is rather than teaching people to read records for other people. Now, like I said, it does come with a certification and it's a great way to start a transition. If you're wanting to transition from a 3D career into a way of helping people more dynamically, this will absolutely begin to reveal where your unique genius is and how you can use the Akashic Records to help others. So when my students go through that final certification process, I really encourage them to put their own unique spin on how they open and read the records for others. So it doesn't become this cookie cutter style experience because my mission is to really cultivate individual and unique genius here on the planet, not just make a bunch of me's. Mm -hmm. yeah. Although I mean, my children, I have to say, my children, if I created a whole planet of my children, I've looked at them before and just been like, wow, if I had a whole a whole planet of these kind of people, what a different space it would be. My children are so fucking cool. I love it. Well, I think mine are too. So I'm with you on that one. I'm like, right. they're just like little magical beings. I absolutely, they, they fascinate me. They blow my mind with what they do. And even, you know, with the intuition they have and their skills and, you know, this Gen Z thing too is really, yeah. did I say it right? I probably said it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> it's so interesting wrong. too. It's I've like. I've messed up enough now. You just say everything wrong. <laughs> but you know, it's like, it was so interesting because we grew up with pen, I don't know, for me, it was like writing letters and pen, you know, you put it in the mail and it was a couple weeks before you would get that back to, you know, in my adulthood. Now it's text messages and MSMs and all this stuff really you know, quickly. So it's so interesting seeing them come to the world, just knowing how to do all these things that, you know, I'll ask them if you, I'm like, how do you do that? What, what are you doing over on TikTok now? What, what's going on? <laughs> like, they just know these things. Like, and I don't know where it came from. It's just, it's just within them, right? Yeah, it is. I also, yeah, the, their ability to understand and where, where society is and to play at that level is really profound and you're right we totally see it through their interaction with social media i also saw it yesterday with my 14 year old so i was telling you about my daughter the 12 year old sassy one my 14 year old has gone into uh, playing football for the first time this year and man his anxiety this kid has a lot of anxiety that comes up and so he was texting me yesterday about uh, the anxiety that was coming up because he's got his first football game today, which I'm super excited. I get to go to his first football game ever later today. But we were talking about 
okay, it's not actually football. It's not the thing that's coming up in your field that's really where the incongruence is. And I was sharing with him, this isn't about football. This is about you being invited into a higher level of learning to control your thoughts. And if it's not football, it's going to be something else. And he totally got it. Like at 14, for me to be able to share with him what's really going on and give him tools, like we talked about breathing. I actually also talked to him about earthing. I said, okay, anytime that you do this, I gave him two simple techniques. Make your exhale longer than your inhale because that's going to activate your vagus nerve. It's going to activate your parasympathetic nervous system that puts you into a more relaxed euphoric state because right now you're in fight or flight and fight or flight keeps the anxiety going. So that simple tool of exhaling longer than your inhale is going to put you into a calmer frequency. And then I said, baby, feel your feet on the planet. Take your consciousness. Imagine that you are moving into that space right where you feel your feet touching the planet and know that mother earth has the capability of taking all of that energy and transmuting it. And I said, transmute it means change it from something lower and icky that you're experiencing into something more powerful, into inspiration, into joy. And he got it. Like, how cool is that? That a 14 year old football jock, handsome and popular as all get out, very smart <laughs> too, gets that. And it's like, okay, mom, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I know. Well, and it's just, it's that intuitive nature that they have, as you say, you know, as we know, we kind of, we tend to lose as we try to adult and <laughs> do these things. Right. But even just, I know my daughters, they, she goes off barefoot everywhere and I'm just like, <laughs> you know, she's coming back with these black feet all the time, but okay. it, for her, it's, it's grounding and it's just like, it's, it's an instinctive thing to her, but you know, thermography out there shows us that earthing is um, really great for the body and we can see the physical change is just with you know if you when you take those heat things and you scan you know after after you know earthing and spending time whether it's laying in the grass the ground or hugging a tree like there's the energy there is the vibration you know yeah and what's coming alive for me right now is hey try mixing some of these modalities and that's really i love that idea of assimilation and mixing modalities because it's like chemistry and we have all of these really beautiful ancient modalities, but I believe that we need modern day spins on them and we need to like pull pieces from here and here. It's, it's like Asian fusion cuisine. How freaking cool is that, that we brought all the Asian flavors of ginger and soy and garlic and then we put it into American cuisine. It's like, we've got to mix these modalities. Try meditating while earthing, while sitting on the ground or try a quick little meditation while you're leaning up against a tree like the Buddha and see how that begins to increase the potency of what you're doing. And these things are so simple. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And and I call it layering the magic, you know, ah, layering, <laughs> layering the magic, right? But yeah, absolutely bringing in things that have higher level frequencies. I mean, we know crystals and, you know, Himalayan salt, and there's things that have higher vibrational properties. So when we start to bring those into our practice, um, the energy, and I, I believe what we can manifest is vastly different. And, and the speed. Speed kind of comes in there a little bit too. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, you reminded me of something that I haven't really talked about. And that is like back in my Hollywood days, I just meditated. I found like a, what the center of my house was, which was like right outside the bathroom door. So I would like huddle up in this corner outside the bathroom door and do my ahs and my ohms. But as my meditation practice began to grow and began to mature, what I would do is like, I'll literally lay down you guys sometimes. Okay. This is a new crystal that I just got in Mount Shasta, this thing. Holy crap, is it powerful. Um, it actually has, this is weird too. See this little outgrowth right here on it? Wait, there we go. I'll get it a little closer. It's like another new little couple crystals forming and growing out of this, which I Googled that one. That doesn't normally happen. So I'm a little mystified by the, how powerful this one is. Um, but I'll lay, not with this one on my third eye. This one goes on my heart because it's, it's a little, you know, it's got some heftiness to it. I don't want to knock myself out. But I'll lay down and have crystals studded over each one of my chakras. Um, I've got another really cool one here that I want to show you guys. This one is one of my prized possessions. This is a big hunk of selenite. 
And selenite's directly connected to the Akashic Records, but you can see the, all of that planetary sacred geometry etched on that bad boy. That's beautiful. Isn't that cool? Now, I have tried meditating with this one laying on me like this before. It's okay. When I use this one, I'll actually like place it under the bed or under the couch or wherever I'm laying down to meditate so that I get the vibration coming up off of it. Mm. But yeah, layer the magic, everyone, because you will find, I think, I think the, the intuitive practice of layering magic and just saying, okay, what could I do to add a little extra to my meditation today? That will begin to reveal your unique genius because whatever pops into your mind, it feels like just an idea that you grabbed. It's actually, I believe, we could look at maybe an ancient version of yourself or a future version of yourself that is totally tapped into the quantum field that is helping you to remember your unique magic. So ah, I just love that we've stumbled onto this in the conversation today because this will give everybody a very mm -hmm. tangible way to one play but realize the play that's happening is bigger than you even think it's actually your higher self coming in helping you to remember your unique genius and your unique magic here on the planet yeah yeah, absolutely. And I, I so love that you brought that up and shared that. I don't know if we've talked about that on, on this platform here at One Million Meditators before, but you know, that's something I do too, Emily. I'll put crystals like in between my mattresses, like the line up the chakras all below. So, you know, there's different ways that you can bring in the energy very subtly. I mean, you got to charge them and cleanse them every now and then too. You can't just leave them there forever, but you know, that's where you go. You can find out more about this information. I'm sure Emily can help you out with that. Um, but <laughs> if you need to charge crystals yes, yes. yeah but yeah no so I love you share that and you know what this just totally leads into this question so perfectly if I could give you a magic wand and you can wave it what would you do so you gave me this question before and I should have it ready and I'm like nothing's popping in okay I'm gonna have to wait until See what's gonna pop in in the okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you what it what it looks like to practice and tap into the field and get just what pops in. So let me see. Let me see what I would create with my magic wand today. Oh, right, this is really strange. This coming in. Um, I I would create an intensity of color on the planet because the activations and how we wake up to the truth of who we are comes through vibrational frequency. And it's so much easier than we make it. It's about vibrational color that we see. It's about vibrational sounds that we hear. That's why being out in nature uh, can be so such a potent uplifter because we're seeing these vibrant colors. We're hearing these vibrant sounds. But I, what I'm, what I'm getting from my guides right now is like an intensity of color here on the planet actually allows everybody to see including themselves to see themselves to see them plant the planet to see what is possible at a higher octave and i love using the words visionary i consider myself a visionary i consider you a visionary everyone watching out here i consider you visionaries and so having that kind of visceral up level to our vision i would be really interested to see how something small it's not really small but something that seems kind of remedial seems kind of juvenile right would absolutely shift and change the planet in ways that we can't even fathom right now. I bet nobody said that before, have they? Maybe no. that's maybe that's <laughs> why I uh, planned something before we came. Because I was just like, man, nothing's coming. Of course, I would go on for a million things. But all right, we'll play. We'll just see what comes through here. I love that. Okay, so I would make every color more vibrant on the planet. Like the Celestine prophecy, it reminds me of in the movie, you know, I was just talking to somebody about that recently at the end where they, you know, the visual and then everything just is so beautiful and vibrant and the colors. Yeah. 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 You're ridiculous. You, the, you are so tapping into my Akash and my field right now. This is okay. Here's number three, because I didn't say this. The Celestine prophecy girl is what inspired my creation of Mount Shasta and the vortex experiences. I read that. I'm like, wow, this is obviously very inspiring to read. There was a movie made about it as well. Um, and uh, the author, James Redfield, who the author who wrote the book, duh. of course, he wrote the book. He's the author. But he <laughs> said something that has stuck with me. 
And that also relates to what I talked about before around the Akash and asking questions. But he says, the nature of our consciousness can actually be measured by the questions that we ask. So all of the consciousness behind the Celestine prophecy, behind what James shows up and shares, is what inspired me to say, I love the book and the movie. I love Hollywood. Storytelling is great. But what if people had a real life opportunity to dive into that book, to dive into that movie, to experience it in real life? And that's why I created Mount Shasta. You're like literally the pieces that you've pulled from the field and, and spoken in this interview are so straight from my Akash. What training have you had in the Akash again? Did you say you've, you've been a class life master of this? You, you can read it flawlessly, I have to say. <laughs> You're awesome. You're awesome. Oh, I, I, I love that you shared that too. And, you know, bringing up the light right now, I think is such a powerful thing. Um, when I had my very first Reiki session I ever had, um, the woman introduced me to a book on color therapy that was written back in like the early 1900s. And it was Actually, it was a burn victim in this in this case, and how they used the light and the different colors in in the in the process of um, her therapy treatments. Um, it was an it was so cool. It was so cool, and I was like, I, I wish I could remember the name of that book. I don't, but um, yeah. So I love that you brought that up right now because that this when you look at the whole spectrum of light, you know, it's it's so much. There's so much more. You know, when you see a rainbow pop up in the sky out of nowhere, that there's more. There's more. And like you say right now, I think that veil is becoming a little bit thinner. So we're starting to see things a lot brighter and more vivid in front of us now. I love how easy it brings it back for all of us too. when um, we can play with like the simplest building blocks, color, shape, sound. We go back to, you know, kindergarten lessons, because a lot of times when we talk about tapping into your genius and I like to talk about Nikolai Tesla, Steve Jobs, Albert Einstein, all who used the Akashic Records and many of them even called it the Akashic Records. I'm going into the field and getting this knowledge. We look at them as being such high level intellects that. Okay, well, those are the, quote, geniuses of the planet. Am I really a genius of the planet and what I do? No, yes, you are. When you can learn to layer the magic of the most simplistic aspects, building blocks of what we have to work with here on the planet, we all get to become geniuses. And I think this is just making it a little easier for everyone to grasp and understand how easy and fun it is to play in these higher frequency energies. They're really magical. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you did a live recently. I had saw about talking about tapping into that inner child again. And, you know, when we, when we kind of, those med, inner child meditations, I think are so wonderful to bring that play and that joy out again and really embrace, you know, those feelings because it's, it's important and we suppress them as we adult, and, but you know, it, it's, it's where that creativeness comes from, you know, in within us. So yeah. it's, 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 which we got to use a little bit more, you know, yeah. <laughs> or a lot more, a lot more. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, Emily, this has just been so amazing today. I've been having such a wonderful time chatting with you and I'll say hi to Jamie and Janice and Drew. I think he said he had to go. He was having a great time and Karina and Becky. Um, thank you guys all. Again, if you are watching, post in the comments where you are joining us from. And if you're catching this on the replay, please hashtag replay. We always love to hear from you. And if you're on the podcast and you could leave us a review at Apple Podcasts, we would so greatly appreciate that. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could just go on and on and on. Long <laughs> by today. That's that's how we know we're at. We're we're in the portal, we're tapping into the frequencies. It's just like whoo. We are just in flow and flow. <laughs> so Emily, I, you know, you have given us so much today, but before we go, if, if there's anything that you would like to leave us with, or maybe a little piece of advice or a tool or a trick for those wanting to start out, the floor is absolutely yours. So. Okay. Let me tap in and see what the guides really want to bring forward. Okay, the guides are really wanting me to talk about um, the divine feminine energy in all of us. And of course, we're experiencing a rebalancing 
of the divine masculine and divine feminine energies here on the planet. They each have their own unique area of power and they also both have wounding where we have misused the tools that are available in both the masculine archetype and in the feminine archetype. So I want to bring back into awareness the potency and power, the magic of the divine feminine. Even if you're masculine, we all have the feminine and the masculine within us. The feminine will reveal intellect, hidden intellect, hidden insight, hidden genius within you. But in order to activate that, we must have reflection time. And society gets so busy, modern day life gets so busy that even I sometimes have to remind myself, oh, I need to go back and journal or I need to take some really inward time to sit and reflect and to um, like almost like have a conversation with myself around what I'm experiencing, why it's important, what I'm learning about myself as I go. And I think this type of reflection, personal self-reflection, will completely activate your divine feminine. You will realize areas where you're growing where you didn't even know and witness an understanding of what we're doing is really important along the way. And the divine feminine will reveal the magic to you of how you are right now in these moments, showing up and shifting uh, old energies and inviting change, cultivating change on the planet. And so many times it's just gonna feel like we're going through our life, we're just doing whatever's normal, we're going on to the next thing. And we miss, like I talk about karma and unlearned lessons. It's not just about the things that you're messing up that you continue to do over and over and you need to change the way that you show up so that you can get a new outcome in life. It's not just about uh, the areas where we feel like we're not, nah, I'm gonna, this is loose languaging, I don't love it. But it's like where we're not performing at our highest octave. We also need to look at where we are performing at our highest octave. And this information needs to be known by each one of us. So I'll just invite you to up-level the divine feminine energy within you. Allow her to reveal hidden truth and hidden power to you by committing to time where you go into self-reflection and just ask, what am I doing right? How is it helping me shift and change and learn and grow? When I had that conversation with so-and-so and that piece of wisdom dropped in, show me the ripple effects of how that's going to affect that person's life, but my life as well. And when we begin to look at the bigger picture in terms of what good we're doing, what happens is we're going to see more of those patterns. The law of attraction tells us once you see something and you acknowledge it in the field, you're just going to get more and more of that. So don't forget that that is a really important tool that you have in order to identify positive patterns and to get more of them in your life. Oh, I love that. Thank you so mm. much for sharing that piece with everybody. It's just been such an awesome conversation today. It has been so joyful. It's been fun. I, I just love it. Your energy has been amazing. And it's been so great to, to share this um, experience with you here today and everybody that's joined on. So thank you so much. I would, girl. Yeah, I would love to leave everybody a quick gift too. Like I said, I'm not going to post the link. Just <laughs> reach out to me and contact me in person. I do want you to do that. But I have a really great tool um, that can be downloaded. It's a free download. It's called the Akashic Scrolls. But since we hit on questions so many times here and the power of questions, I'd love to leave your audience with a download. This used to be something that I reserved just for my clients and students in the Akashic Records, but I've now released this to the public so people who want to begin uh, a, pr a practice of understanding how to ask better questions can have a list of questions that they can tap into. Would that be cool if I left that link for your audience? Absolutely, thank you. I'm sure everybody would love that. I'm pulling it up right now. So just check in the comments below, and of course it will be included in the show notes on the podcast if you are listening there afterwards. So thank you again so much. Thank you for those watching on. It has been absolutely amazing, and uh, we're going to have to do this again sometime. And Tara, let me just thank you, too, for not only today and letting me come and share on your platform, but the work that you're doing. 
I really like after I get off of this broadcast, I'm even going to do this. I say for you, but that's kind of loose language with you. Look and see the ripple effects of how many people you're reaching and how many people you're affecting and the ripples that you're bringing in on the planet. So I can like clearly see and hold that vision and that witness of what you're doing. Thank you for how you're stepping up. I know that you have kids and a family too, and you have committed to your responsibility as a wisdom keeper and you've learned how to balance these things and to show up not only for your family, but your planetary family. And I know it's it's not an easy task always. So thank you for how you show up and what you do. You're amazing and so beautiful. It's so fun to be in your frequency. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're that welcome. was just that was beautiful. Thank you. I received that. I received that. Thank you. And thank you to everybody joining on. Thank you, Emily. And we will be back again next week. And stay tuned. We've got more details coming up for our global event in September on the 18th and 19th. So pay attention to the page, One Million Meditators, for more uh, details on that big global collective meditation coming up. Emily, you should join us. It'll be amazing. So <laughs> 18th and 19th. September 18th and 19th. I'm in. Awesome. Okay. Perfect. Okay, everybody, thank you. It has been a pleasure. Uh, we will see you next week. Bye for now.